In a world where chronic DVD and Blu-ray acquisition disorder runs amok, Colin faces a daunting task. With a collection of over 1,200 titles, can he bring himself to watch the 65 films that sit on his shelves, unwatched, unloved, and still under wraps? Hello and welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin, and with me as always is my fellow film watcher and son, Thomas. Hello. Anything you want to share with our audience today? No. Good. Uh, no doubt he would tell us that uh, he's on lots of nothing. Yep. Good. Yeah. I've uh, been walking. I've been doing a lot of walking lately and it's been great, apart from the fact that I now have blisters on my feet. Yeah, that happens. It does, um, but that's all right. Just a little bit of background. So uh, for all these uh, new listeners that we seem to be just gathering by the hordes uh, onto our little podcast, I collect DVDs and Blu-rays. And uh, when I see a bargain, I grab it and they all go on the shelf. And most of them I've watched, but there are some DVDs and Blu-rays on the shelf that are still under wraps, hence the name of the show. They're still under wraps, and they're also ones that I have not seen, which seems like a pointless exercise. They are just Mm. gathering dust. Yes. So we're killing two birds with one stone here. We are going through that pile of DVDs that are on the shelf, unwatched, unloved, and still under wraps. Each week, we pick a film and we watch it and then decide whether it stays on the shelf. Yes. And, and normally we would pick at random, but, but this time we've sort of fudged the numbers. We have really fudged the numbers. So early in the show, we have already fudged the numbers, but for reasons again. This is the first time we have tackled a film that is part of a series. Yes. And the film that we're watching today is... The Maze Runner, Death Cure. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Thomas, no, not me, leads his group of escaped gladers on their final mission. To save their friends, they must break into the legendary Last City, a wicked-controlled labyrinth that may turn out to be the deadliest maze of all. Anyone who makes it out alive will get answers to the questions the gladers have been asking since they first arrived in the maze. So, for any of you who have not seen the series, basically we have got a bunch of teenagers, predominantly male. Yes. In fact, we've only got one female. Yes. uh, Who popped up late in the first episode in the series. They are there for no explainable reason. Mm Mm-hmm. They manage to escape whilst bypassing a massive moving walled maze, Mm -hmm. escape through that, and... Uh, Into the hands of their captors, again. Where they manage to escape. Uh, This time for real. This time for real. uh, Out into the wilds where they meet up with what I'm basically going to call zombies. Yep. And then a bunch of... Freedom fighters, um, yep. or, or people who are trying to at least keep the human race alive and away from the nasties. Mm. 
and uh, for reasons again at the end of episode two they're, they're almost all captured again and those who aren't captured band together at least those of the group who first escaped from the original maze decide to turn tail and go and rescue their friends and head back into trouble basically yes. and we're going to find out tonight what that trouble is it's it's probably bad trouble. It's going to be bad trouble. And uh, now, just a little bit of background. This film came out a number of years after the first two films did. Mm. My understanding is that Dylan O'Brien was involved in a rather nasty and serious accident on set during the mm. filming of the third movie. And uh, it's hard to gauge... The first impressions were that it was very much touch and go for him, mm. but he recovered enough to film the third film, which for a while there was being talked about being split into two, but mm. I think they cut their losses and made it into just the single final film. And, and thank goodness for that, because it's a terrible trend. It is a terrible trend, and in fact, it, it runs the risk of getting through uh, to the... Uh, almost the end, but then the mm. the studio decides, nah, we're not going to finish the series. Uh, of course, not that the splitting in two parts would have much relevance on the story's relation to the book series, because it strays quite far. Oh, okay. Again, I, I don't read unless the book's written in crayon. So and these ones aren't, <laughs> and these ones aren't, and there aren't enough pictures. So I have not read the books, so I don't know how much they stray. So I, I don't have that hanging over me. That's that's the real reason I don't read books. Just on the off chance that they'll be made into films, and then I'll be stuck with the dilemma of agonising over whether the film has stuck to the storyline of the book, which I am led to believe it hasn't. <laughs> right. Oh, so you haven't read the books either? I've read the books. That's what I thought. Okay, then. Yes. The main reason why, why this was shifted in order was actually for the benefit of my almost 16-year-old daughter, who has also read the books and started watching the series and then realised, oh, no, that film is still under wraps. So we're getting it out of the way. Hopefully we shouldn't have to tackle this problem again. Today we will select a, another random film. Anyway, we're blabbering on. Yes. I think it's uh, time to watch this film and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Oh, Thomas is something we have neglected before. That crackling noise is the sound of the wrap on the Blu-ray coming go. off. There we go. This is the first time I've also trusted my son to unwrap the DVD. And, uh, good. And it's open. All right. So, we'll uh, watch it and see what we think. Bye. Bye. <laughs> what is this place? Who put us here? We don't know. We don't know. What if we were sent here for a reason? You're so close to the truth. Don't you want to know why this all happened? Three years we spent behind walls trying to break out, and now we want to break back in. Uh, I get shotgun. 
You can't save everyone, Thomas. I can try. Dad! When the hell does it stop? It stops when we find a cure. There is no cure! You can save your friends, or you can save us all. All right, before we uh, get into the uh, deep, dark, dark depths of that film, um, uh, just the usual prowling cat warning. The cat is in our recording studio. Um, As usual. Banished from the rest of the house due to sleeping hundreds of children from yes. the previous episode. Hundreds, thousands. Thousands, yes. 101 puppies. Yes. Okay. Um, so. No, no fursuits here, though. No. No. What did you think? <sighs> that, was, that was certainly a film. It, it, <laughs> it, it had a lot of bits in it. Um, a su- substantial amount of uh, exploding buildings. Yes. Oh. Do we need to... Uh, yeah, let's. I, I think at this stage we we should just get right into mm. this. This is a spoiler break, so if you don't want spoilers, then leave before this sound. Yes, lots of exploding buildings. Yep. Um, you know, even uh, large concrete uh, structures were mm. just ablaze with flames and. Yes. And I'm not entirely sure how, but uh, mm. they did have some missiles, I think. Yes. I was pleasantly surprised. I, th- I thought it was a solid enough ending for a series that wasn't particularly strong to begin with. Mm. It was sort of a by-the-numbers story, at least as far as the films were concerned. So I thought it wrapped it up fairly well. I was reminded at how much, because they they returned briefly back to the Glade, mm. it reminded me again of how much I liked that environment, how believable it was. Mm. Even though there were these massive concrete walls surrounding it, it felt real. And in fact, the rest of this film did so as well i didn't feel it anywhere mm. near as much in the the middle film but the the environment of the city certainly felt real the mm. you know the rooms that they were in were sufficiently gritty or sufficiently clean and well designed and never once did i feel that it was all held together with balsa wood and or, mm. or, or paneling and, and and what have you facades so good strong bulletproof glass Good, strong, bulletproof glass. But, but not chairproof glass. No, no. You can throw a chair through it, but not a bullet. Well, well, not through it necessarily, but if you hit it, it'll break. I guess there were different glasses in the building. Yes. You know, there were the fireproof glasses that were also bulletproof. and The, the window glasses, which were not. No, no. <laughs> um, look, were you... At all surprised by, and what was his name, uh, popping up from the dead? Um, uh, I was very surprised by Galley popping Galley. up from the dead. Right. I, I wasn't at all. As, as soon as that character turned up, 
I knew and wasn't surprised. Like before he removed his mask and and, and did the big reveal, I thought, ah, oh, I betcha it's. Mm. I I should note it has been a while since I've seen the first film. Oh, that's right, because it was right at the end of the first film where yes, where Gally appeared to shuffle off. Can we talk about genre? Um, uh, dystopian teen fiction like, type genre? That's, or? that's the basis. Okay. That's, that's where we're setting down our foundation. Yep. We also have a, a film that's trying to be a serious drama, a serious action. And what's really distracting me from that is the hilarious heist movie that's going on. <laughs> Look, I actually enjoyed that. I like a good heist movie. Oh, yeah, the heist was good. The serious drama elements were good. I'm just not sure those quite mesh as well as they'd like it to. Uh, uh, look, if the, the middle movie wasn't there, I think that would have made a lot more sense. You're talking the train robbery? Uh, I'm talking the train robbery... I'm talking the shenanigans while they were trying not to be discovered in the wicked building, messing around with the guards who opened the door to find that the enemy is right there. (laughs) It certainly did use a lot of standard tropes and, again, were hardly surprising. It it really was a by-the-numbers type of movie, Mm. I think. I was surprised that it would be a train heist right at the beginning. Mm. And I enjoyed that. It didn't make sense. It was all terribly well planned and the intel that they must have had and the timing that they must have had just didn't gel. Uh, There was a whole heap of suspension of disbelief as far as the plot was concerned, not... Not with, um, you know, jumping huge distances and just making it or anything mm. like that. We're, we're, you know, there were yeah. certainly those cases. But, but they brought the train to a stop right where everybody else was. That's right. Everything was timed just right. And leading uh, vehicles into positions where everything would be just right and... When, with the amount of things that also went wrong, that should not have worked. No. There there are a lot of things that... He was a huge... Uh, far more than the first movie was uh, the, the suspension of disbelief. Mm. I, I believed in the world of the first movie. Didn't in the second movie. Um, this one, more than the second movie. As far as the genre is concerned, it has certainly been done far better. It is unfair to have to compare it to um, The Hunger Games, but I I, Mm. I think that is certainly the bar which everyone is going to be Mm. measured against. And if that didn't exist, I don't know. Um, does, Does that suddenly make this a better film or... It's that's a hard call. There are a number of other ones like The Giver, which came after absolutely everything, even though mm. the book that it was based on was the book that the genre was grown upon. Mm. Um, you know, a, a lot older story, and it was unfortunate that that film was made after rather than before. Yeah, I think the problem 
with the the second movie is that it's a rather generic zombie movie trying to pass it off, itself off as a serious drama. Yes, yeah, it it, it took a a major left turn and uh, you know change of genre and whereas this third movie sort of got back onto onto track i guess anything else you want to say about it uh, the, the the score was all right score was great yeah um although generic as well yes. um it it worked well the sound was good the action scenes were well done, well shot. Um, camera shots were great. It looked wonderful. And again, it really felt like you were in the middle of things rather than standing with the cameraman with the director behind you and nothing else. It, mm. it really did feel like you were in the middle of things. So, uh, Or at least that's how I felt. Actually, if we, if we want to talk about suspension of disbelief, that gate really, really exploded. Oh, when he drove the truck into it? Yes. Yes, yes, it certainly did. Uh, I, I think they did make it quite obvious that this truck was a, a suicide bomb. Y- yes. But basically. The, um, the gate really did explode. <laughs> yes, but I mean, look at uh, Helm's Deep. Yeah. You know, that, that was quite an explosion too and had much the same effect. So um, who knows what was in the wall? Maybe they they stuff the concrete, you know, with filler that happens to be highly flammable and explosive. I don't know. But, um, yes, spectacle was possibly... Uh, and, again, it, that was the, the hang-up that I had with all of the buildings, you know, um, in in flames, it certainly looked spectacular, but like like the wall, it possibly shouldn't have reacted like that. No, no. Uh, m- much like when you have you know car chases and cars exploding for no explicable reason. So yes, we've, we've said that nothing felt flimsy or or like it was balsa, but this city doesn't seem to have actually been particularly well built. No, no. <laughs> um, and again, I think that's a, a trope of the impenetrable uh, luxury where all the rich people type mm. live, where everything is happy for them and they're blissfully unaware of their own vulnerabilities. Mm. So. Yes. There there are many, many vulnerabilities. Many. Now, as far as staying on the shelf, well, it has to. It's part of the set. It's part of our dystopian collection. That being said, uh, there is only one Matrix movie. Yes. And there is only one Matrix movie on the shelf. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert, so no, none of you can guess uh, any film other than The Matrix because that is the only Matrix movie that is on the shelf, is The Matrix. There were no other movies. No. Whereas, quite satisfyingly, there was at least one reasonable sequel to Maze Runner. Yes. Yes, if I had to cull one, it would be the middle one. Mm, but that's but, a mistake, so that it would won't be, be. <laughs> that would be silly. All right, so um, remaining on the shelf. Yes. Okay. Um, and probably watched again very soon, although not by me. No, um, but I will 
I will sit through it and and catch all the things that uh, I missed the first time round. All right, let's move on to our next little segment. What's on the show? You know it's probably DVDs. Okay, so we haven't had any contributions this week at all, I don't think. Uh, I see that we're still at uh, we're still at eight valid entries, which means that one has been added. Oh, in the I past did. Week. It was. I think it was um, the day after we recorded the last episode. So mm. somebody was keen, and uh, so uh, let's spin that wheel and see what comes up. Kathy submits Tarzan. Number one. Is is Tarzan on the shelf? Look, that is debatable. It depends on which Tarzan Kathy is talking about. It's prob- probably the Disney one. I think it is. And it is on the shelf. In fact, I think I've got some of the soundtrack tucked away somewhere on a MP3 player as well. Um, Thomas, have you watched Tarzan? Uh, yes, have you? Yes, yes, I have on numerous occasions. For a brief time there, it was uh, on continual play, I think. Right. Again, possibly because of the Phil Collins soundtrack. Mm, it is a good soundtrack. It is a good soundtrack. So, uh, Kathy, good guess. So you but. get th- you get three points for all of the... But has it been converted onto Blu-ray? No, it hasn't. No. No, it, it it has remained as a DVD and will do so. For the foreseeable future. For the foreseeable future. So you do not get the Blu-ray bonus. And as far as multipliers are concerned, well, Kathy does realise that we have thousands of children. Oh, hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands of Millions. children. And so it, uh, I think a multiplier of 0.5. Okay. 1.5 points. Third place. Third place. Well done, Cathy, for uh, your guess. And uh, please forgive us for our harshness. Mm. Mm. Uh, write a letter if you feel the need to complain. Um, mm. We do only accept paper letters, not emails, though. Mm. Okay. Which moves us on to the grand shaking of the phone, I think. Yes. Uh, Let's cue the jingle. Shake the phone and pick a film and then we'll watch the film next week. I'll hand the phone over to Thomas. Now, for those of you who are unaware, I do have all of the films that are on the shelf catalogued in an app on my phone that also allows me to filter uh, various things. And at the moment, it's set on a filter of all the films that are unwatched, unloved, and still under wraps on the shelf. And it also has a cute little feature where if you shake the phone, it selects a film randomly from that list. And I give Thomas the the honor. And then I cringe because I know some of the films that are on there. Lion from 2016. Ah, Lion from 2016, which, even though I have not seen it, my understanding is at least some of it is set 
in our home city of Hobart. Mm. I, I am also led to believe that some of our younger family members may have also seen it one time when we were trapped uh, elsewhere. With no way to escape from uh, the location we were in due to a large traffic jam after a, yes. a car accident. So, yes. yes, they have seen it. I have not. Have you seen it? Uh, I have not. Right. Okay. So I'm just going to briefly read the blurb for what we are in for, if it is actually on here. I do have a blurb, if you do not. You do? Yes. I do not. Isn't that strange? Okay. A five-year-old Indian boy gets lost on the streets of Calcutta, thousands of kilometres from home. He survives many challenges before being adopted by a couple in Australia... 25 years later, he sets out to find his lost family. Alrighty, so that is next week's episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, We appreciate your uh, continued support. The best way that you can continue to support us is to, if you feel like it, share with your friends uh, the links that I, I put out on the Facebook page and so that we can increase our listeners. That's not why we do it. We do it for the cat wrangling fun. And, and also to get through the list. And to get through the list. Yes, that's yes. right. Uh, if you'd like to visit our Facebook page, link is in the show notes, as always. Yes. And on that, we shall uh, catch you same time whenever. Yes. <laughs> um it's not really relevant with the no. podcast, is it? But I do try to get it out the day after we record, or the night, uh, the yes. So, stop that cat. Yes, cat. He's not going to stop. No, of course he's not. All right. And until then, a goodbye for now. Bye.